listening to Around Comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Mr. Brian Salazar. Hello, Hi. sir. How are you? I am fucking awful. This is the third <laughs> angry. time that we've done this tonight. Yes. But uh, we decided that we're not going to go live. We're just going to record it, and that way at least we'll make sure to get, hopefully, through a goddamn show. Yes. I have, I have had so many gold openings tonight. <laughs> that you got a month's worth of awesome out of me. I'm done. I'm spent now. You get no more, sir. Well, I said good day. You know, I said good day. It's the only job you have. It's the <laughs> only much. thing you do to get the show fucking rolling. So I don't want to. There's hear no it. spontaneity about me talking about cleaning up my comics room all weekend. Well, now, um, just you know. Nobody cared anyway. I don't think. I, I know. You, you seemed really. You seemed really excited about it. But I did. So, so folks, there's uh, some you know deep cuts on the editing room floor now that you'll never hear. Uh, I cleaned up my my comics room this weekend because we're all doing projects around the house. And Sal, I I found some treasures while I was doing that. Well, um, do tell. So we had Jim Rugg on the show uh, a couple weeks ago, right? We did talking about. Octo Brianna 1976's awesome Kickstarter. Yes. Um, do you remember this little gem that he uh, produced? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Several years ago, he uh, Jim uh, produced a, a mini comic. So it was a webcomic mini comic. So I think he, he, what, he had it available to view uh, online as a webcomic, but then you could buy the mini comic of Rambo 3.5, which is also just an amazing, awesome Jim Rugg story about um, uh, George W. Bush after 2000 or after 9-11 um, recruiting Sylvester Stallone to, uh, to uh, uh, fight for the United States after the uh, terrorist attacks. And it's pretty amazing. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't remember reading. I mean... I don't rem- I don't know if I ever read it or not. Quite honestly, I'm not sure if I ever got one, but um might still be online. Yeah, probably. You have to you have to check. Um I found a bunch of great Jeffrey Brown stuff. You remember his uh his Wolverine mini comic Dying Time? I do. So I found I found that little little sucker and it's awesome if you want to see uh Jeffrey Brown's take on on Wolverine. Which was cool. And speaking of Jeffrey Brown, do you remember when he would sell these at conventions and signings? It was the Jeffrey Brown process packets. Um, I do kind you ever, of remember that. You, you know, so anytime the, you start a sentence of, do you remember? 
it's really <laughs> iffy if you're going to get an answer so, out of me or not. So Jeffrey would sell these amazing little envelope packets called Process, which um, one of the neat things in it, it had a mini comic called Process by Jeffrey Brown, How I Make Comics. And it's an actual comic about his creative process and what he does and how he illustrates and everything from, you know, how he, you know, scripts things out and works with publishers. And then on the back handwritten is a list of stuff that is in the packet, which this one had, you know, an unfinished unused panels from an X-Men story. There's, um, doodles and this is an actual script page from his incredible change bots comic. Um, So, I mean, I wasn't lucky enough to get any of the uh, Darth Vader and son stuff, but uh, I think this predates that a little bit, but yeah, it's just, it just comes with a pile of different doodles and notes and, and, and proof pages. So I thought that was, I thought that was, uh, pretty cool to, to stumble upon that that's a really um, interesting had, sort of like uh, um idea to try and pr- you know sell that kind of thing of like almost you know grab bag uh yeah you know grab know bag of stuff do. that most people just throw away right 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 you know but it's like you know you think about creators out there it's like how much would you love to have like you know bill sankevich you know warm-up doodles or you know that kind of stuff yeah that, you know you know, just got thrown away. You'll remember this one. So this is my Walking Dead first uh, first volume trade, which you were there when this sketch was done. Sure. So that's the uh, that's one of the Tony Moore bathroom sketches. <laughs> Are you the to- the to- yeah the infamous Tony Moore bathroom incident? <laughs> so yeah i got some other stuff i'll go through later but yeah i found all sorts of little treasures in the in the old basement this weekend very nice very nice. yeah i i uh kind of did a similar thing you know in this uh covid19 quarantine year of 2020 i had some extra time so i i straightened up a lot of my comic stuff and reorganized things and put things in places where I meet actually. And I, it was funny, like running across, I did the same thing. Like I, I ran across a couple of books, like um, this gem I was looking at is like the Will Eisner expressive anatomy for comics and narrative. Oh, awesome. Which is a, I went back through and was reading it. I'm like, Oh, there's some really interesting things in here. Um, uh, you know, just little tidbits. It's always funny to sort of like, revisit drawing books and and that kind of thing because i always sort of find something different uh that i or i i I, look at it a different way than you may have a few years ago yeah speaking of that like oh i think i have it here hold on a sec i uh i i found this not that i found it but i i realized that i had it again it's uh, called Framed Perspective, Volume One, um, and it's it's all just you know learning perspective for artists. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I I have always struggled with perspective, like understanding perspective <laughs> and getting yeah. how you know how to use it, that kind of thing. And um, so I went back through, I started reading it again. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. There there was one like there was one part especially that I always struggle with was like, 
you know, if, if, if you don't have a drawing table that's 40 feet long and you have like these wild perspective <laughs> points, yeah. like how do you figure out, you know, the, the perspective points, the vanishing points and, and, and it's explained in here how you do that. And like, Oh, that makes complete sense. Now, now I get it. Now, I, now I can, I can do that, you know, sort of thing. But yeah, so it was, it was interesting to go through these and find stuff like that and go, Oh, you know, and, and revisit them with a different eye and, and maybe some more patience or something. So yeah. that's a, you know, I, I, those, while those aren't comic books specifically, they are comic related because I'm, you know, still it, trying to, to learn how to draw. Uh, it's funny uh, finding like reference books that you, um, that you had that are now probably, you know, 20, almost 20 years old. I'm looking at one now that it's stuff that, that now is so readily available on, you know, a smartphone, laptop, tablet, you know, the stuff that you would never think about being printed now because it's so readily available on the internet. I found the 2001 St. Louis Cardinals Media Guide, and it is chock full <laughs> of information that no one would ever, Want. ever, ever care about <laughs> then or now. Um, but that the media guide, it was how reporters and, and, and media folks, that's how they had like information on these players' careers or what transactions the team made the year prior. Or, it's amazing the crap we I have a I have Yeah, it's it's useless, but this was important back in the day. I will I'm I'm gonna one up you. Hold on a second. I because I, I have it right here. Hold on. <laughs> oh the crap that we keep in our houses. 2001 Cardinals media so, guide. They were terrible that year. So this little gem right here, if you can see, what this is a, um, a like the the Ferrari media book from the Indianapolis 2005 race uh, um, thing, and it's and it's actually. I mean, if you're a Ferrari fan, I'm sure people would be. Oh yeah, like I bet you that goes for it. hundreds of dollars on eBay. Probably, yeah, probably because it's for like two dollars. I went to a race. I went to like a Formula One race, and uh, we had pit passes, and I was able to 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 commandeer one of these from the media room, and it has all sorts of little Ferrari, you know, tidbits in there. And I've just held on to it. It's like I don't even. I'm not even a car guy. Yeah, really. Is it a nice design piece though? Oh well, yeah, Ferrari. Yeah. Come on. I mean, there you go. Yeah, you'll steal from that. You'll be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all just red and yellow, red, yellow, and black and white. Four colors. There you There's go. A whole lot. But um, I've no. I don't even think I've ever actually really gone through it. It's just been sitting in a drawer forever. <laughs> you know, just silly. It just things. looks cool. Yeah. I, so like I, I said, did. I, I did find this guy. Oh yeah, I did too. I have that on my nightstand. Actually, I don't. So I'm not going to go get have it. Have you? So this is this is Chiadad, which is the uh, we had Andy Parks on uh, several weeks ago before uh, Extraction debuted on Netflix and became the the most is it the most watched movie on Netflix history the most successful debut of a movie whatever something it's like, like a hundred million views it on was that very thing. successful it was very well very watched. very very successful. Um, this is out of print, which is crazy. Um, have you, 
have you seen some of the price? And I know that Amazon's not the greatest, you know, barometer of, of value, but like the the cheapest listed copy of that book on Amazon is like seven hundred and what dollars? Yeah, nobody's paying <laughs> seven hundred dollars for a copy of that. Come on. Yeah, I hope but, Andy I mean, has like, a stack of them at home. You know that he can. You know. Yeah, there you go, Andy. That's. But uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, I don't I don't know what that goes for on the on the secondary market. I'm not selling mine. Marta's like, would you sell your friend's book? And I was like, if I get seven hundred dollars for it, I'll, yeah, Andy would understand. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I I don't really you know I don't pay attention. You pay attention to that stuff a little more than me. Like original I, I don't, except whenever I'm just curious. I mean, you've seen that stuff on <laughs> every Amazon. time I talk to you. You're like, did you see what this is going for? <laughs> So you do, you do. Don't say you don't, because you do. Hey, it's you know, to continue to continue our uh, technical difficulties today, um, yeah. you might want to change the focus on your camera because it keeps going in and out of focus. All right. Yeah, I don't. It, it's just like I don't know why, but it keeps it keeps going in I, and out. Is even though you're just standing there. So it's it's okay. it's like too tightly trying to focus on your glasses or something. All right. So I'll update. Just, just more, just more technical difficulties. More stuff. It's such a shame. Too. I had, I had some, some cool things to show you today, um, and show our our audience today. But now I'm just, I'm, I'm disappointed. And you know what? Let's just, let's just have a quick one. Let's talk about some of the the comics we've been reading, and uh, and we'll nope. get in, we'll get out. Tom, Tom uh, was going to join us, but uh, but uh, the world's on fire. And the world uh, is on fire, and his neighborhood is being looted. It sounds like so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so. he's, he's going to take care of the kids, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, it's crazy, crazy time. Well, before we get too cl- uh, too far into things, I do want to remind people you can uh, email us at info@aroundcomics.com at if you'd like to get a hold of us. Send us suggestions for comics one hundred and one episodes. Uh, we've already done two. We've, uh, we have another one coming out relatively soon. Um, and we're going to do more after that of different subjects. So please feel free to, to suggest things. Or if you just have questions about the show or comments about any of the episodes, contact us through uh, info at around comics or on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Um, all the links are on our website, www.aroundcomics.com. And if you would like to uh, help support the show, you can go to aroundcomics.com shop. And we have uh, official Around Comics merchandise there. Uh, if I come up with more designs, I'll put some more stuff. Maybe if Chris comes up with a design and around comics design for a shirt or something, he'll put it up there. But so far, haven't you seen will it. you will veto it? I'll <laughs> never get past your stringent <laughs> design guidelines. Oh, like, I don't know. Yeah, nice try, buddy. And we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, so if, you, if you'd like to support us, you can do that. And uh, yeah, that's um, that's about it, right? Nice. Yes, uh, we do. I do want to mention. Okay, so one thing I do want to throw out to the people: uh, I had an idea for a segment, a new uh-huh. segment that I want to do on the show about Kickstarter comics. We have a lot of creators that are uh, creating stuff on Kickstarter nowadays, and um, I thought it would be a good idea if we kind of created a segment every once in a while where we could um, uh talk about Kickstarter books. I mean, we already have talked about Ryan Brown's Kickstarter and, uh, and Charles Soleil, uh, their Kickstarter and, and Jim Rose's Kickstarter. That's all. What? Charles Soule. So, oh. He corrected me. 
<laughs> I can't believe I just did that. That was completely That's accidental. That's awesome. Actually. Thank you. Yeah. Makes uh, me feel better. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I thought we would we would do a segment and I and I created a little uh, a little intro for our Kickstarter uh mm-hmm. segment which I have named mm-hmm. uh Kickstart the Jams. I done get them out. So we'll have that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Always till the day I die, baby. You know, there there is a Kickstarter I wanted to mention. Um, uh, Challengers uh, Comics and Conversation in Chicago has a Gene Ha-designed shirt uh, uh, called uh, Keep Reading Comics that okay. uh, that they uh, that they are selling on Kickstarter as just kind of a hopeful little shot in the arm uh, to, to the comic shop, and it looks super cool. Uh, all the characters on it are... Um, uh, creations of Chicago area uh, comic book creators. So you get, you know, some Battle Pug and from Mike Norton and uh, uh, the Scary God Godmother from uh, uh, Jill Thompson and and all sorts of stuff. I'm sure Gene probably drew May in there. We had Gene on uh, on the audio only uh, version of the podcast uh, a few months ago. Uh, talking about his book May, and so uh, uh, Challengers has a Kickstarter out there for a pretty sweet T-shirt. So, well, there you go. There, I know they had um, their like uh, store T-shirt up there as well, mm-hmm. and and some other stuff. Do you do you happen? You don't happen to know the uh, the name of it or anything? The the Kickstarter? Do you? Uh, no, but I can look it up. I bet you if you Google around like Kickstarter challengers comics or something like that only uh let me look you keep telling people about the your kickstarter idea oh uh, well the idea is just if you have a kickstarter if you're a comic book creator and you have a kickstarter please send us uh a link to the kickstarter and any other information about it and hopefully we'll you know be able to get it on the show i, I basically want to just do a segment where um you know, I can I can talk about Kickstarter. We can talk about Kickstarters. You know, kind of quickly, uh, just run through a bunch and give a little a little shout out to different comic books because it's a whole different you know uh, promotional tool for comics. You know, these are not big two comics. These are a lot of indie creators, and and I think there's a lot of awesome stuff on there. Um, that yeah. especially that, now, yeah, you know, yeah, with, with comic shops not being able to, to to sell, and I know a lot of great material out there that uh, the people said, hey, you know, let's let's just go the Kickstarter route while while COVID nineteen is is keeping people housebound. Okay, so the Kickstarter for uh, for the T shirt from Challengers is called the Keep Reading Comics T shirt, designed by Gene Ha. And it's a Challengers Comics and Conversation Kickstarter. I done get them out! <laughs> and there it is uh, now on screen. I found it and and it's pulled up here. So yeah, it's a it's a cool looking shirt. Um, they're they're uh, looking to uh, get a th- uh, three hundred dollar goal. So they've met met their goal for sure. They've they've blown past that. Uh, that's yep. good. So so you know, seven seventeen days to go. And uh, and Patrick and Dow are are just two of the two of the best guys. They run uh, two of the best shops in in all of of comicdom. Um, one of them was looted, um, yesterday. So, oh, was it really? 
Yeah, the the downtown one, the oh, the geez. Challengers Blue, and Patrick lost his mom yesterday. So, oh, wow. um, so it's uh, don't want to get too morose, but it's a really good time to help out some of the best people in comics. So, yeah, go buy a sweet T-shirt. I w- I'm going to pledge now and and get yep. get one. Yeah, that's a cool shirt. Yeah, and like you said, it's a, it's all Chicago area. It looks like I see Jill Thompson there, and uh, you know, Scary Godmother, and uh, uh, Mike Norton's Pug. Um, Battle Pug uh, looks like Ryan Brown. Ryan There's Brown's Stargrass from God Hates Astronauts, and I don't know who this is down here. The hat and the the like skull mustache mustachioed skull guy. I don't know. I'm not sure who that might be. That's pretty there's, cool. Uh, there's all sorts of of awesome awesome characters on it. So yeah, do so it. It's, it's the Challengers Keep Reading Comics. Uh, Kickstarter and uh, yeah, there you go. It's it's pretty cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna get one. But nice. uh, yeah, so there you go. That's um that's the new that's the new segment. The little Kickstarter, kick out the <laughs> kick, Kickstarter jam. Kickstart the jams. I don't know something like that. Kickstart the jams. That's what it is. Yeah, Kickstart the jams. I like it. Yeah. It's uh yeah, a few others out there. Uh yeah, so send it in. Suggest uh suggest some kickstarters and I love talking to creators that have kickstarters going and there's a few out there that we've already uh um uh sent out a uh, a feeler or two to have some uh, have some folks on to talk about their kickstarter projects and we love doing that. Absolutely. Yay. Um, there was one. I, I did get one. I haven't had a chance to to look at it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a, a listener um, that sent us an email about their Kickstarter, and I wanted to just mention it because um, there's not uh, a lot of time left on it. Uh, actually, by the time this gets up, there's probably not going to be much at all. Um, but it's called Quarantine. Let me pull this up. Timely. Yes. Well, and and it's a really interesting concept. Um, well, here I'll just I'll just. I'm done. Get them out. <laughs> we got to do that every time, and we just got to annoy the hell out of people. But um, uh, there's 16 hours to go. So by the time this goes up, there's probably only going to be like eight hours to go on this. But it's a really cool concept. Basically, um, uh, the 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 guy who put this together uh, and his name. Um, uh, Jordan Thomas it's right there so he put this together he had the idea of of creating a comic uh about quarantine but also in quarantine so everybody was quarantined so he he reached out to a bunch of different artists to do one page each so it's a That's continuing cool. story but everybody's just doing one page so he has 28 different artists um doing one page uh, of the comic and uh and and telling this story of uh, something you know going wrong in in this building of these people. So kind of a cool idea. Um, it's quarantine dash twenty eight. Uh, if if you search Kickstarter, that should bring it up. So just thought it was kind of a neat um, neat trend or a uh, uh, Kickstarter there. So that's uh, that's one of the new ones. Here's one of my favorite Kickstarters. That's do you do you buy comics on Kickstarter a lot, Sal? Have you um, have you backed stuff? I have some. I not a ton, but I, I definitely have. Um, yeah. I've I've recently backed two or three, I think. Well, yeah, because we we keep having because I feel ingenuous if we have someone on to talk about a Kickstarter and I don't back it. So well, and it's uh, also just like <laughs> you know you have some like Jim Rugg comes on and he tells you about the Kickstarter and then you you know 
he's really enthusiastic about it and, and you go mm-hmm. and look at it. It's like, oh, that is really cool looking. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, well, okay. You yeah, know. okay. <laughs> I got I to support this is, that. Did you ever see, you know Rick Geary, right? I don't think I do. Rick Geary, Rick Geary, uh, he's a indie comics creator, but he's been around for a long time. Um, he did um, he did a, a, a really cool uh, graphic novel about H.H. H. Holmes. Oh, okay. The the serial uh, killer uh, from Chicago during the the uh, World's Expo, uh, uh, the Columbian Exposition. Sorry. Yes. But yeah, he did he did this one on Kickstarter a few years ago. It's called A is for Antichrist. It's a Obama conspiracy alphabet. So each uh, each letter of the alphabet uh, has a conspiracy theory about Barack Obama. Um, so like L is for lizard because there's a, He's there's a, a conspiracy theory that, that he is, he is a, a mythical lizard King. I thought that, um, cool. I thought that proved that one. <laughs> it's pretty, no. it's uh it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Rick Geary. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think I, um, I backed Octobriana. Then I backed, um, that cosmic detective by, mm-hmm. Uh, I think and oh Lemire and uh, and Matt Kent and I forget the artist's name. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. That one guy, Ruben, David Ruben, 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 yes. Um, who's really good? Yeah, I backed that. And uh, did I back? I think I. I don't know. I don't know which ones. I don't know. I backed a few. So if I see something I like, you know, it's fun. I've only ever had one Kickstarter not be delivered. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I don't, yep. th- I don't think that ever happened to me. What one was it? And, what were the um, bastards? Um, it, it's 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 from a a friend of the show, and oh. so I will not mention who it is about uh, a private detective in a tropical island somewhere. Um, but yeah, that one that that one never happened. Yeah, well, you know. We're about four years on, but uh, no, I, I know that there's been a lot of other Kickstarters that have uh, that have uh, flopped. With, famously, with the, uh, the the cooler, the uh, the cooler that had like the margarita mixer and and that kind of shit. It's uh, yeah, Kickstarter's an interesting creature, but uh, there's been some pretty awesome board games and and awesome comics that have come come out of uh, oh, for out sure. of Kickstarter. There, yeah, there's all sorts of great stuff, and and of course you're gonna have you know, stuff that fails that, you know, people, I mean, here's the thing. It's, it's this really cool opportunity to do something without a company backing you. But the problem with that is, is now you basically have to know how to, if you're you know doing a comic, you have to be the printer and the publisher and the distributor. And you know what I mean? Like now you're all of those things. And if you don't, if you've never done it before, you know, there's going to be things that just you don't foresee and that could cause huge problems later on that where it's like, oh, this isn't feasible. This is not, you know, that's, you know, nature. Which that's, you know, talking to, to Ryan and I think Ryan Brown and why different creators reach out to him is because he's done what, five of them now. And I think has, has kind of learned through a lot of the, the pitfalls of of the process and what right. to watch out for. And it's, uh, it's intra. He's like Mr. Mr. Kickstarter. He's, he's Ryan Kickstarter Brown. 
Yeah, which I've, yeah, I think I've, well, I think I've backed every one of his Kickstarters. I've got so much blast furnace crap that I found today, you know, stickers, mini comics. I think I have every blast furnace comic ever created. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. I mean, you know, it's like you want to support your friends and stuff, but yeah, uh, and, and, you know, Ryan's a great artist and his stuff is hilarious, but. I only have so much room in my house for books. I like digital because of that, because it's like, well, I don't ever find a shelf. I don't yeah. have to find a shelf to put it on when I'm done reading it or, or you know, when I get it. So and if I, you are a comic fan and you live in Western Milwaukee and frequent any of the little libraries, it's going to be a very good summer for you. There you go. There's going to be a lot of comics distributed throughout those little libraries. This, this I've been thinking about um, uh, building one of those little libraries. I'm going to put one out. Yeah, I'm I'm doing one as well. Yeah, I'm gonna, I was going to build one during quarantine, but I'm running I'm running out of time, so I'm going to have to going to have to do it some other you know on a weekend sometime. It doesn't look too tough, but no, uh, my wife thought that would be a cool idea. Yeah, you know, of course, right now it'd probably get you know. Broken and riot, riot lit on fire. Yeah, yeah. Somebody will just light it on fire, take a shit in it, <laughs> kick it over. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a little weird. We had uh, we were about twenty blocks away from some of the the craziness here in Milwaukee. So it's, I mean, we I live in Milwaukee proper, and so it's uh, heard sirens all all day long. It's uh. 2020, man, it is just a gigantic fucking shit sandwich, isn't it? Yeah. Like, let's just have another bite. <laughs> well, you know, you can only push people so far, I think. You can only, you know, at some point. Yeah. You know, and when people are out of work and bored and frustrated and angry and, you know, something horrible happens and lights that fuse. Yeah. You got keg. Yeah, yeah. And uh I don't know. I just uh just want my family to be safe. That's uh yep. that's uh you know, I don't yep. I, you know, I'm not getting political on, on on any of it, but uh please don't come by my house. I am well armed. I don't, I don't. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's crazy town. But uh everyone stay safe out there is the big thing. For so. sure. Absolutely. All right. So, um, yeah, what have you been reading, man? I've I've just been cleaning stuff. You've actually (laughs) been reading. I was. I've been reading. um, Well, I finally jumped back on the uh, the Weatherman uh, train. And I love it. Volume two, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I've well, we've been fans of um, Nathan Fox, Nathan Fox forever. You know, I don't even remember the first thing. Here's one of my favorites. Remember fluorescent black? Oh, I just ran across. I that's sitting somewhere on this shelf right here. I just ran yep. across that same book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's awesome. It was actually Scotty Young who was just singing his praises. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Scotty was the one that kind of really turned us on to him. And we met him. Uh, I know I met him a couple of times. But I bought that. I I have that page there from him that I bought. At one yeah. show, um, but yeah, I think uh, he has family in Milwaukee. Oh, really? I something. Like, yeah, he was at he was at the comic shop around the corner from my house 
um, when Weather Man was first coming out. And I know he lives in New York, but I think he has I think he has ties to Milwaukee. I think he was here, you know, over over a holiday or something. Well, I don't know what the difference has been with his I mean, I've always loved his art, his brushwork is mm-hmm. is, is amazing, but like with the Weatherman, it's it's like a different feel. It's re- it's really clean. It's not as inky. Not as, as inky. It's cleaner. It's very yeah. bright and vibrant colors. Um, it's it's very uh, kinetic, mm-hmm. you know. And um, yeah, uh, and he's such a great cartoonist. Like his character designs are really great, and uh, he does such great, car- you know, like. Well, yeah, I think you just said he's a great cartoonist. He does great, you know, expressions and yeah. and captures the moment. His his characters don't look static. I mean, no. there's always there's always motion and movement and expression in them. And none of his, them look the same. His, his pages read very well. Yeah, uh, and and with this, he's you know he's he, like I said, I, I feel like the Weatherman is is some of his best work that he's done as far as just sequential storytelling stuff. And, um, and the story itself is really fun. It's a, it's a really cool idea for a, for a sci-fi, uh, book. Um, if, if you haven't read it before, I'll, I'll just kind of give a brief you know, glimpse into what the story is. And it, it's, it's about a guy who is a, who is a weatherman and, uh, he, um, finds out that he, was not always a weatherman. At one time, he was basically a domestic terrorist, or I guess a intergalactic terrorist. Intergalactic terrorist. Yeah, yeah. and he uh, he killed sixty billion people on the planet Earth, being the planet. Um, and then he wiped his mind to basically hide himself, and and started this new life as a weatherman, as just sort of a dopey weatherman. Um, but people. Uh, of interest have found this out and they're after him. And then all sorts of craziness, uh, you know, and wackiness ensues from there. It's really a funny book. Um, it's a great, like over the top, uh, you know, kind of adventure. He's space. kind of like a Ryan Reynolds type character where it's action, but kind of cracking wise the entire time. Yeah. But also some emotional stuff. Like you talked about when we were talking about before, like there's some, some very emotional parts of it too. Like there, there's a, I almost uh, never finished uh, the first issue. (laughs) I know exactly why there's a pretty horrific. Yeah. It's very bloody. It's very gory. Lots of death. It's hyper violent, you know, like Mm -hmm. insane violence and, and craziness. I mean, it's, I think like if you like, like something like Rick and Morty. If you're a fan of like the Rick and Morty show, uh, which I'm a huge fan of, like this would be <laughs> up your alley. It's not. It's not as like necessarily as existential or or sort of you know delving into the psyche of uh, everyday life kind of thing. But um, as far as just like anything can happen, that's what I love about you know when somebody does a a sort of sci-fi world really well, like. Anything can happen because there's no rules other than what they establish. And and in this, mm-hmm. like, there's so much weirdness and, and strange stuff, but not like um, like Little Bird. When we read Little Bird, it was almost like too weird for me. Like it was it was it was yeah. not there wasn't enough to hold on to. It wasn't grounded enough where this is still grounded enough. But like any kind of crazy, weird stuff can happen and does. And the other thing I think that they've done amazingly well is in this book is create 
like a living, breathing universe. Like there are mm-hmm. things happening in other galaxies with other people, other factions, different, you know, different sort of groups that are after him for different reasons and defending him for different reasons and different things happening. And you feel that like it's a cohesive sort of world that are that's it's, it's pretty amazing that, you know, some people have a skill of that, you know, instant world building where everything feels very alive and developed that there is a not just a world, but there is a, a a cosmos that is that is, you know, these characters are operating in. And I don't know. I don't know what that skill is and why some writers have it and 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 some don't. But and it's not easy to do because there's a lot of times. Well, you know, I think we talked about on an episode before where I, you know, this quarantine, I went back with my kids and I watched all the Star Wars movies. And like mm-hmm. the prequels are very convoluted stories and there's a lot going on and it's really, really difficult to kind of understand the motivations of the different groups of characters and like why people are doing things. So it's, it's yeah. a, it's not an easy thing to do when you have, especially like when you have something that's happening over different, you know, planets in different solar systems, you know, that kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's hard to do, but I think that they've done it really well where you really, you know, you get what's going on. You, you understand the different, you know, groups and what their motivations are. It's all about motivation. You have to do it mm-hmm. without like, you know, too much exposition, I think, is is part of the key. You, you can't uh, you can't just have tons of exposition explaining everything. You you know, show it, don't don't say it, kind of thing. Yep. But um, yeah, it's a super fun book. It's it's really fun. Uh, two volumes out now, and and they're both great. Yeah, I it's one of my favorite books on the on the stands right now. And when the second trade came out, it was uh, an immediate immediate pickup i'm about halfway through it right now so i'm glad that you didn't spoil it i yeah no no uh i wish um <laughs> i wish somebody would open a uh a brutal noodles restaurant though because that is a phenomenal name brutal noodles brutal noodles like that is <laughs> that is the greatest like a punk rock noodle shop that's that should mm-hmm. be called brutal noodles i want i want to open that um but yeah and that's the that, like if for those that don't know that's it's a restaurant in the universe and it's for whatever reason they've, they've put it on the, I think it's on the back cover. The logo is on the back cover of every issue of brutal. Oh, Wars. okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And it doesn't really. Play, fan. Yeah, I guess so. It doesn't really play any part in, the, in the book other than he likes to eat there and, and he's eaten mm-hmm. there a few times, unless maybe they're leading to, some big reveal where brutal noodles is behind everything, but there's been no, like, it's just sort of part of the universe. It's, you know, it's like, it's like Watchmen, you know, when you had those little things in Watchmen, like Gunga, you know, Gunga Diner and that kind of thing. That's what made that, you know, universe unique and and its own thing. Uh, My favorite uh, ramen shop in Chicago is uh, furious spoon. The furious spoon. Is that, uh, yeah, that's a good one. I've been there. If you're looking for a good ramen shop. Uh, well, I'm not going into the city anytime soon, so that's not. No, happening. probably not. So <laughs> once once things aren't uh, aren't upside down anymore. Yeah. Uh, if you like uh, the Weatherman, and I think we previewed it a little bit on the last episode. Have you read uh, Space Bandits from I, I have Mark not, Milla? I have not read it. I love uh, the artist uh, Matteo Scalara. Yeah, he's fantastic. Oh yeah, because uh, uh, was Black Science. 
Yeah, yeah. Mark for, Mark Miller has like he he's in such a great position because I think he can just go to any artist he wants and just be like, and I, and it's funny. I don't know if you yeah. saw the cartoonist kayfabe. I talk about these guys every episode. It's like, you know, the, but, um, they had, uh, Mark Miller on and, Oh wow. He, yeah. And, and he was great. And, and, uh, it, it was an interesting conversation, but they talked about how like, uh, you know, Ed had mentioned like someone he knew, an artist he knew, um, had told him a story of like Mark Miller called him up and said, I wanted you on this book. I want you to do this book with me. And he basically his pitch was, well, you can either work for Marvel and DC and be a thousandaire, or you can come work for me and be a millionaire. And that, <laughs> so that's that's just how he, you know, he pitches balls on this man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's like, it's true. You know, he, he, cause he, he, he's 50, 50 on all the books that he does. It's like, do you, do you want to, do you want to work on something? And does it, it's hard. Do you want to work on something at Marvel and DC and be big in, in the, in the comic scene? Or do you want to work with something, uh, work on something with Mark Miller and have a TV show or a movie developed? Out yeah, of it. and and own fifty percent of it. I mean, that's yeah. the big deal. Like he is, every book that he does with someone, he's fifty fifty with them. You know, it's it's straight down the middle. There's no nothing convoluted. You know, uh, um, well, and doesn't he have? I mean, this is you can see on the on the back of his stuff. It's got a Netflix logo on it. Well, they own they own basically Millarverse or Millerverse. Yeah, no, no, yeah, Millerverse. Um, so, I mean, what I, I don't know the details of of the deal, but but Netflix basically has a first rights to to all of his stuff, right? I would imagine. Yeah, I don't. I, I have no idea what the what the deal is. So, well, you know, and and it's smart on Netflix's part because they they figured this out a while ago. I mean, you go to Netflix and and they they you for all the kids out there, Netflix used to be. <laughs> Uh, just <laughs> distributing other people's movies and you go to their site now and it's all original content. And yeah. so, I mean, they're just farming original content all the, all the time. You really have to dig to find something that they didn't actually produce. Well, and his stuff is very cinematic. I mean, he likes, you know, yeah. he's talked about it. He likes big action movies and that's what he writes. He loves like, you know, eighties action movies. That's the kind of stuff he digs. Big blockbuster yeah. movies is the kind of thing that he likes. So it's like, that's the way he writes. And it, it ends up, you know, being, we, I think we talked about because Miller and Bendis were kind of neck and neck in, in the early 2000 mid, you know, like 2004, 2005 or so they're both the obvious, like great, writing talents in, in, in comics. I mean, there were, there are other people, but it was really Miller and, and Bendis were, were the two names that people were really focusing on. And I think Bendis was really good at writing the never ending comic book story. Oh, sorry. Uh -oh. Emergency broadcast system. Chris sorry. is getting another um, curfew in Milwaukee. Don't go outside. Oh, um, but you know, I think that Bendis got really good at writing the never ending story for comics to, to, yeah, to have so he just, a series that, that just you know, goes on and on and, and on and going and going and Miller. And we talked about it 
was so good at sticking the landing on stuff. He knew how to give you a, a bang for the buck and just put an absolute exclamation point on the end of a story. And I think that's where you get to the cinematic nature of it. I, I guess, I guess the, the comparison would be that Bendis was a great TV series writer where Miller was a great movie writer. You know, I guess, is that a way to put it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a matter of complete story versus, you know, get people to come back. I mean, I don't think, I think, I don't think it's one or the other though with Bendis. I think Bendis could write, I mean, he wrote great complete stories before mm-hmm. he worked for Marvel, but it was, you know, just a matter of this is what Marvel wants. The idea is get them to come back every month. So he, yeah. he transformed himself into, I'm going to write a, sequ- you know, a sequential cat, you know, a cliffhanger story every issue and it's going to lead to the next one. And, and I don't know if many people did it better than him, but I think, yeah. um, you know, I think that's in a lot of ways, maybe harder to do. Then, well, that's that's kind of a traditional way to write comics. You know, we we were talking about it with the uh, the uh, Neil Adams Roy Thomas X Men is like that was you know eleven issues or whatever, but they were they were basically two issue stories that that overlapped each other, and so it was you almost didn't know whenever you were going from one story to the to the next because there was an overlapping of. Right of different scenes. And, and I think Bendis really went back to that. Well, and he talked about, you know, the way that, that Stan would, would write stories. And I think that he, he had a lot of, has a lot of reverence for, for that type of, of comic booking where Miller, I think, Oh, I don't want to say that he was writing for the screen, but you look at something like wanted and it's like, mm, yeah, he, they wanted that to be a movie. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, yeah, I think he, he, you know, I think he would argue that, hey, it just happened that I wrote stuff that I liked that were movies, and, and that's how I wrote my comics, and they yeah. became movies, but, yeah, <laughs> you know. A big telltale was whenever the uh, the characters looked like recognizable uh, personalities, uh, like Eminem. <laughs> well, is that, but is that... <clears throat> is that more, you know, is that <coughs> Mark Miller? Is that, uh, was it JG Jones? JG was that, Jones. was that JG? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, uh, in, you know, if you look at the Avengers, I mean, oh. you know, Nick Fury oh. in the ultimates became Nick, you know, Sam Jackson became Nick Fury because of the ultimates. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. You know, I mean, that's, but yeah, I I guess to me it's kind of weird to like think of it. I don't know if anybody that's making a story that's, you know, uh, their own kind of thing isn't on some level sitting there going, well, this would be really cool if it became a movie. Whether or not Mark Miller was going, okay, I'm going to write this so it, is a movie or that, you know, as a movie pitch kind of thing, maybe, I mean, that might've been in his mind and maybe it was, I mean, I don't know. Hard to say. But, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, it's not writes, like the comic. He writes a great comic, but you have to look at the hit rate and how much of his stuff has been 
been adapted to 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 movies to you know big and small screen um i think you know i i think when he writes a comic i think he writes a comic but i think he also uses the medium to to work out movie ideas uh yeah i don't know i mean i think uh i i think if you were to look at like wanted and and say this is my movie pitch. Mm-hmm. You're probably a little crazy. Yeah, because, but you know, I think Kingsman is probably a little bit easier. You know, that was yeah. It's you know James Bond. It's you know it's it's. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, maybe I, I don't know. I mean, is it yeah. is it? Hey man, he's good, and he's out of all of the the 90s 2000s creators i'd say he's probably without a lot of people realizing it probably at the top of the mountain as far as i would i would um, think just raking it in well and i think now he i'm sure like if he's going to write something it's got to be in his head because He's basically yeah. writing it for Netflix to develop. That's kind so. of the deal. Yeah. Which, you know, it's um, Space Bandits, um, fun five issue series. I I enjoyed it. Um, that That's kind of the danger, I think, with a Miller comic now. As, as beautiful as Scalera's artwork is, I think you, you have to be really careful to not approach it from the, wow, um, what is this going to, you know, is this going to be a is this going to be a Netflix movie or, you know, a, a 10 episode you know, limited series. So it's, I, I have to, why I have would to that into your head as though, a comic, like, not as, a, not as a pitch. Right? Why would, why would that, why would you even be thinking that when you're reading it? Why would you care? Why do you care? Oh, like, no, no, it's, it's, it's just kind of where your, where your head goes whenever you, Whenever I think you, you have a grudge yeah. against them for being successful. No, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's I, the problem is me, Sal. It's <laughs> well, of, of, you know, it's like, don't read this as it's, you know, point a of, of going to a, to a movie or a, or a, a TV series. Have you ever read like scripts? Be in the moment. Like TV. Sorry, scripts? ever read what? Like TV show scripts. Yeah, they're completely different. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I know that there's sort of like this negative connotation to the idea of people writing a comic book with the hopes and dreams of it becoming a TV show. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I mean, I don't think you can write really good comic books and and sort of not care if they're a good comic book. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you sure. can you could write a shitty comic book and hope that somebody likes it enough to make a movie out of it. And there's plenty of those that have happened yeah. and are out there. I think that's that's kind of what sets Miller apart is that he's so he's a, he's a really good writer and he's a great idea guy. And I don't think I I mean I highly I doubt there's a comic book writer out there today <laughs> that, you know, isn't hoping on some level that their story, you know, gets turned into something else. Oh, that yeah. Somebody options it, that somebody buys it. So 
If oh, I mean, does, like even J- Jason Aaron, I think he told us back in the day, he, he, I don't know if they were sniffing around about scalped or, or, or something. And he said, you know, Hollywood's a great place to visit, but I don't want to live there. I mean, he's, he's like, I want to be a, a comic book writer, but he's also, well, the reality gonna, of like, he's not going to hey, turn down the money of an option. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and like I said, I, I would imagine most are hoping, I mean, if you're a storyteller, like, why would you not want as many people as possible to see your story, regardless of the medium? If I write it, if, if, yep. if even if you, you know, are Jeffrey Brown and you write some, you know, incredibly personal indie comic, you mm-hmm. know, there has to be somewhere and, and not talking about the business end of it or how dirty Hollywood could be or anything like that, but just on a, on a purely sort of artistic level, there has to be a part of you that's like, I hope someone would, would make this into a movie or a TV show or something bigger. Um, you know, if it does, or just be more successful. I'd never understood like begrudging anyone possibly getting six more successful and more, more people to see their story. It's a story at the end of the day. It's a, I, I know like comic book purists are always like, well, this is, you know, this is made for comics and you can only tell this story as a comic book. Okay. And that's great. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are very, there are very few and far between. There's very, there's very few, few comic books yes. <laughs> that are only Watchmen is like the only comic book that can only work as a comic book as we've seen over and over again. Um, and even that, you know, is still enough story ideas to make whatever you want to make out of it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there's a few things that, I mean, that there haven't been, what, I guess my point is there have not been terrible comic books that have been made into great movies. So if it's a good if it's a good story, it's been terrible comics that have been made into terrible movies. Absolutely. But if it's what I'm saying is it's not like somebody, you know, Cowboys and Aliens is one of the examples. I was going to say Cowboys yeah. and Aliens was pretty terrible. Right, but it was a terrible comic as well. Yes. It was that like is sitting in the bin downstairs in the it's going to end up in a yeah. little library this summer. Well, that's what I'm saying, like nobody's out there like making uh shitty pitch comics and then becoming you know like like that, great that movies. yeah that are becoming great movies and tv shows out of them other than yeah. maybe like yeah i don't even know i can't even think of anything that you know like what's the most successful movie or tv show made out of a shitty comic book out of a shitty i mean out of a shitty comic book yeah I mean, there, there, there are movies that people don't realize are comfort movies. I was watching Blade Trinity uh, yesterday. Um, That's a shitty movie. That's not a great movie. I liked Blade Trinity. Okay, it's still a shitty movie, whether you liked it or not. <laughs> it's not. Is it a better movie than it was a comic book? No, no. I, no I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Uh, um. Radio, uh, uh, Toxic Avenger. Would that have been better than the comic? <laughs> I, I, was the comic first? Oh, yeah. You sure about that? Yeah. Toxic Avenger was, 
When would yeah. the Toxic Avenger the comic come out? That would have been an eighties comic. It was an eighties movie, wasn't it? Uh, um, I don't even remember it as a comic. I don't know. I don't know if it was a better yeah. comic or movie. I think they were both shitty. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have a certain love for Toxic Avenger, but yeah, I wouldn't call it a great movie or a great. great yeah, movie. I don't know. That's. I mean, that's that's all. That's all. Uh, uh, subjective, but uh, no, I, I think one of the big differences, you know, probably 15, 20 years ago, you'd see, I don't know, for lack of a better uh, term, classism between uh, different media of, you know, I'm probably like movie people, you know, it's like you hear stories about actors um, that would, you know, would tell people, oh, just, you know, don't ever do TV. You know, to only do sure. movies, never, never do TV because it'll ruin your career. And and now uh, you look at, you know, probably mostly because streaming services that I mean, TV's you streaming TV is where it's where it's at right now to do really impressive, longer form uh, creative work. Um, yeah, so I see I see, you know, people viewing different media on a much more even scale and uh you know after the the big boom of of options with comics in the, in the last 10 15 years i think i think there's a healthy amount of respect for for the comics medium out there yeah so i think so i think it's definitely better than it used to be sure um, but you know, I, I saw Andy Parks had uh, had mentioned online that uh, um, that with Extraction, even though you know different name from from the the graphic novel he wrote, that with its success, it's opened up a lot of writing doors for him. So he's busier than than he has been in in a while as a as a writer. So I think that just you know shows that something that we've talked about from the very beginning. Just tell me a good story. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's it's about, you know, manipulating emotions and just, mm -hmm. you know, get, making someone care about something that they didn't know anything about before they watched it the first time. But be careful, because if you kill someone's dog, chances are I'm, I might not make it through that first issue. And if I do, it's it's. Really touch and go. No, oh, the dog. The dog uh, comes back. It's. It was still tough, Sal. Still tough. <laughs> it's not a real dog, Chris. It's okay. I. I, I don't understand you. People. I was. I was I emotionally. You people I, that I would, hate human beings so much that you can watch thousands of humans, fake humans, be killed in a comic book, or a movie, or a TV show, but one fucking dog, and oh my god. That's it's because I don't it. like people, Sal. Well, that's that's not good. That's you should like people. People are uh, I, no, way more are, important. To people us are terrible, than dogs. and dogs are way better than people. <laughs> no, dogs are awful. Dogs are monsters. They are selfish. <laughs> they're needy. Yes, and they can't get settled down there whenever they're trying to nest. Right, Rory? Um. Well, I'm 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 on team human. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. People are horrible. Um, I have more treasures. Listen, if dogs had hands, <laughs> they'd be, I mean, have you ever watched chimps with chimpanzees? If dogs had hands. <laughs> they'd be awful. If dogs could stand up and they had hands, 
You would hate them. They'd be way worse than people. Way worse. <laughs> I'm thinking of my dogs, and I was just like, I'd never be able to leave the house. <laughs> See? Dogs yeah, hit, yeah. They, they, would be, they would be horrible. I think They'd we just found the, the, the title of this episode. <laughs> if, if dogs had hands. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, that is frightening. Um, hey, uh, I wanted to ask you, have you watched, uh, speaking of t- television shows, um, have you watched Counterpoint or Counterpart with J.K. Simmons? No. Two and I love J.K. Simmons. Two seasons on uh, Amazon Prime. It's only uh-huh. two seasons. Uh, I don't think it's getting renewed for a third season because it was originally it's a it was produced by Stars, I think. Okay. And so there was two seasons, and it's pretty much a complete story in those two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but weirdly enough, like Stars came out and said they weren't renewing it because it had too big of a male or audience. And that was against their formatting. I don't know. It was very weird. Against their target. Yeah, their marketing. Well, you know, they have that. Uh, what's the show? Um, oh, God damn it. I can't think of the name of the show. Very uh, female um, empowerment sort of. Well, not really. I mean, I guess. It, On stars? Eh. It's the one. Where, no. Well, that one, I think, is a, is a big. Yeah, anyway, who gives a shit? Anyway, counterpart uh, is with J.K. Simmons, and and I'll just give you the brief. I don't want to spoil anything because it's a it's a spy show. Oh. Yeah, you're going to love in. it. You're going to love it. Yeah, you're going to love it. It's a spy show. It's basically, it's set in Berlin, but it's kind of the near future, and um, J.K. Simmons works for this agency he's kind of just like a dopey uh you know administrative guy that works for this company he doesn't even really understand what he does Uh but but it's some sort of like security agency Mm -hmm. and then he finds out that it's a much bigger thing than he ever imagined and and i don't want i don't want to spoil it at all so i'm not i can't tell you what sort of the thing is but it's it's like and it's called counter counter counterpart i believe it's either counterpart or counterpoint but i think it's counterpart and um it's really good it's it takes a little while to get going but it's really really good and i think you'll you'll like it yeah i finished up uh what we do in the shadows i'm all caught up nice nice and it um, continues to be the funniest damn show on all of TV. It really is. It's, it's so good. It, it is. We, we need to do an episode, uh, like an offshoot spinoff podcast of what we do in the shadows. Just because recapping what we do in the shadows. It is so good. I, I, just, I love that series so hard right yeah. now. It's I. Uh, it, it seems like it's getting more and more popular. It seems like people are really starting to to get it uh, onto it. I jumped onto it right away and and loved it. And I've told everybody I know to watch it because it's just so goddamn funny. It's just the it's, the gal who plays uh, Jenna, uh, the gal from uh, Booksmart. Have you seen the movie Booksmart? Um. Yes, I did. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh I was yeah. Say the you first should, season, you, right? Huh? She was in the first season, right? She was, yeah. She was, she was the the female warper. 
yeah. that uh, that gets turned into a not not Nadja uh, turns her into a Nadia turns is it Nadia or Nadja Nadia Nadja uh, yeah something like that. Uh, T- has takes pity on her and turns her into a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Nadja is probably my favorite character on the show. Just some of the things she says kills me. Like just some of the little one-liner things that she throws out there. Just so sharp. Yeah. Just, but and, they're all great. They're all. Oh yeah. They're all great. It's yeah. A, every, it's, it's, is it uh 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 Laszlo, the the actor who plays Laszlo, Matt Berry, Matt Berry is <laughs> fucking out of control funny. That uh, the Jackie Daytona episode was <laughs> Jackie Daytona. I think I, I hope, texted you. I texted you. I was like, I just watched the Jackie Daytona oh, episode, and I'm I, I'm dead. I, that I'm was done. one of the funniest episodes. <laughs> I just that character. Was so hilarious and just the the whole background, the whole stick about about him putting the, the when he has the toothpick in as his disguise. So good, <laughs> so good. That show's brilliant. It's 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 so good. Oh, I love it. Uh, have you seen a upload from Amazon? I haven't. Not. I haven't yet. Is it good? It's really good. I'm not a fan of that dude. Like I know, I know, I know. Watch it. I, it's it's good. All it's, right, I'll check it yeah. out. It it sounded it sort of seemed like a like a modern pushing daisies in some ways or something like like uh no it's not that cutesy um I, I liked pushing daisies but it was it was cutesy this is or it just not seemed, not as it seemed like someone trying to do the good place again nah, no no um right. well my presumptions are you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, ch- check it out, see what you think. It's 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 different. It's a different concept. Um, it's I, I love the Good Place. Good Place is one of my favorite sitcoms of the last ten years. I thought it was brilliant. The Good, the good Place is so good because I can't stand what's her name. Oh, Kristen Stewart. I Kristen Bell. Kristen yeah, Kristen Bell. Bell. I like. I immediately am turned off by her. Really? Yeah, I just I don't know why. Not a Veronica Mars fan, huh? No, never was. I don't I don't know why I don't like her, but that show is very good. Yeah, that show's hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. Ted Danson alone is is yeah. worth watching. That I show. miss Ted Danson. Did you ever watch? Um, it was an HBO show with Jason Schwartzman and Ted Danson and uh, yes, I know Zach Galifianakis. About. Yeah. God, did I love that show. That was one of my favorite shows on TV at the time when it was on. And <laughs> and just like the way they set that up with Ted Danson being the rich guy that could sort of just finance all their adventures because he was bored. I, I, I just kind of <laughs> loved that. They were like this dumb Charlie's Angels detective agency. It was it was brilliant. It was so, so good. But it only lasted like three seasons, I think. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, from a media standpoint, it's, it's like everything we ever could have wished for at whenever we were kids growing up. I mean, just the, the availability of stuff. We, there are network, there are fucking networks dedicated to comic books out there. It's, 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 I can't even keep up with it. There's so much stuff out there, you know, like, I mean, like I said, that Harley Quinn show, you know, if that was the only thing out there, 
it would be my favorite thing in the world. But it's like I haven't even watched it because I don't have time. Yeah. You know, it's great. It's it's almost and this sounds horrible. And I and I kind of I kind of felt this way when I was cleaning out the boxes and boxes of paper in my in my basement today it, it's kind of from a from a, a media and entertainment standpoint it's kind of like living in a 24 hour 365 all you can eat buffet <laughs> and you know at, at at some point um you kind of lose you know your taste buds it's you know it's because it's, it's constant I don't want to eat anything. I don't want. I don't to want to eat anything Give me because a glass of water. I'm, I'm surrounded by food all the time, and that's it's it's awesome and terrible uh, at the same time. Uh, we were talking to some friends the other day about you know growing up as as comic fans, and it it was one of those you know really horrible nostalgic moments of of walking uphill both ways in the snow <laughs> and talking about you know how how we would go to, you know, the spinner racks to, to get our comics and you'd have to go to two or three different, um, uh, uh, quickie was, stops. We had hucks was, was ours, you know, and you had like a, a you know, a, a gas and sip or whatever. And, and so you would have to go around town to like three or four different places to get all of the comics for that month that you wanted to. And they were, you know, they were folded in half over the spinner rack and you didn't care about what condition they were in. You just wanted the comics for the, for the stories. And they were, you know, 75 cents at the time. Um, but you really had to go out and search and look for stuff. And now everything is just there. And which is awesome from a convenience standpoint, but well, that, that was, uh, in part of my cleanup, mm -hmm. I was, um, like DVDs. I have, you know, dozens and dozens of Blu-ray DVDs. And I'm like, I have, I haven't watched a DVD yeah. in probably three years. Yeah. I haven't actually <laughs> physically put a DVD in a machine. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just going to put all these away. I have not, you know, I don't even know what to do with, it, with them. I just put them in a, a bin and I put them in my crawl space for the time being. Cause I'm like, is it, you know, and, and they're, they're like, you know, like I said, most of them are Blu-ray collector's editions and you know all sorts Steel of case yeah and it's like i'm never no. gonna watch this shit i don't even have a dvd player on my computer anymore you know what i mean like yeah. it doesn't even have one that i can play anything on it you know but yeah it's um it's i mean it's it's a great it's a wonderful and terrible time for for me it's um uh, rereading i even though i have been rereading a lot of comics lately um i don't rewatch a lot of stuff and so I look at, at oh, yeah. movies and, and TV series that I have on DVD and, and Blu-ray and that kind of stuff. I'm just like, I'm never going to watch this again. I used to watch, rewatch more stuff. Like I've, I've watched The Wire, you know, I don't know, three times or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, like Deadwood, I've watched a bunch of times and um, stuff like that. But it's becoming less and less frequent at this point. Like there's just too many new things you know, to, to go back and rewatch, but, uh, I have been re not rereading some comics, but going back and reading some older stuff that I either didn't really appreciate it, you know, maybe at a younger age or I didn't really, you know, get it or, or did some stuff. I just never even read it, you know? Uh, but same thing. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's a comic that, 
that the first time you read it, you're like, ugh. And then years later, you gave it a, a reread and you're like, oh, okay. Now, now I, this is amazing. You know, it's funny you asked me that because I just had that experience not that long ago. There was something, I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. For me, it was from hell. Oh, well. Yeah. From hell is, I, I, I mean, I love Alan Moore. It is an amazing book, mm -hmm. but it is not an enjoyable read to me it's it's just not a, i understand a, a, you know like it's, <laughs> i have a hard time um thinking about going back and reading that i've read it but i don't know if i'll ever reread it you know uh, again i've probably read it as 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 many times as as i need to but you know that's another interesting one it's like it's like what what's a great book that you didn't enjoy and those are those are out there um, yeah. for me, fun home, fun home is a great book. I did not enjoy it at all. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times, especially with those kind of books, it's a really like, depressing book. Yeah. I, I have to be in the, a certain mindset to try and get through something like that. And you know, it's like, I don't, you know, it's, it, it's often not what I'm looking for out of a story. Like yeah. I don't, I don't. At my age, like I'm not really looking to examine the, uh, you know, psyche of human. I don't want to read about your pain. Not really. I, was, <laughs> I, you know, like I, yeah, I went through it already. You know, I, I, that, that's great. Like I said, know? it's it's a quality piece of work, and Allison Bechtel is an amazing creator and has contributed a lot to the, to the medium. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Is she? <laughs> I'm going to get, it. I'm going to get it. <laughs> pretty, pretty good cartoonist and, and understands the medium and, and has brought a lot to it. Um, so, and actually kind of transcends comics in, in, uh, in some ways. So just from her stupid test. That's part of it, yeah. That's what you know, the Bechtel test. So yeah. there. Well, I know of it. It's, I know yeah. it's dumb. So you I know. Prove, I know. My, you prove my point. <laughs> um, so I also found this. I found uh, back in the I days. I too. I just found that. I just found that cleaning up my stuff. I, the, this? The, yeah. I. 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 Where Are you I, I have me? it. I'll have it. I gra I'll grab it. I have it. Hold on. I just found it. This is the uh, the Alien Legion graphic novel, um, which uh, came out, and this is a gray day to die. Uh, what year? It's got to be 1980. I want to say 84, 86. So it's uh, Carl Potts and Frank Siraco. If Sal is actually able to pull this pull this thing out of his archives we'll say archives um i'll be i'll be shocked and he's digging deep and this is thrilling fucking radio so uh I'll, while he's searching i'll uh, remind folks uh once again you can contact the show at info at around comics.com send us you, in you your questions and me? comments you do have it i told you i had it look at oh i that's just 
Oh, that's awesome. Here, I, I got to show you. I got to show you. So I'll leave now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I haven't read this in forever. I do remember this being um, uh, just like an awesome looking book. There was just some, some, some amazing uh, like designs in here. And I, I love the look of some of the characters. One of, one of my favorite pieces of original art. It's the only painted um, comic art that I have. Oh, very nice. Very nice. So this is, it's on the, on the original board and for the, and I checked for the, for the series. Um, it was um, actually, actually a, a painted and colored comic. So they, uh, they didn't color it in, uh, in post. So that's, uh, that's one I of my favorite original, original pages is from uh, Alien Lee. Alien Legion, a gray day to die. I ran across a treasure trove of graphic novels, original, because oh. these were the original graphic novels. This was, yeah. you know, Marvel graphic novels. But I have this, the Alien Legion one. Then I have, I don't even know. This is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it's a graphic novel, and this is. Nice. Um, uh, I think it's probably one of the big ones that was listed as a graphic novel was uh, X-Men God Loves Man Kills which this, uh this was TMNT colorized I think for the first oh wow that was the first color I think uh, so TMNT. I, I, I mean that's a guess to some degree now was this was this the first graphic novel that 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 Marvel put out that sounds right the death of Captain Marvel that that sounds correct I'm not sure if it is correct, but it does sound correct. This thing is in awful shape, and I love it because it has been read so many times. It's got, it's been doodled in. It's free. You can't even read the spine of it. <laughs> now, now, wait. Oh, so, you've got a different, a different copy of uh, God Loves Man Kills. But wait, that's I the have, that's the first one. I don't know why I have two of them. Oh, that's hilarious. I'm like, why do yeah. I have two of these? I must have like, I must have. I have bought- two copies of V for Vendetta and I have no idea why. <laughs> so somebody's getting a, a, a copy of V for Vendetta this summer. I have this. Ah, the, the New Mutants graphic, graphic novel. novel. Now we're talking. That was, uh, so that came out before New Mutants 1. Before the, that was, that is I the love- first appearance of all those, all of, all of those characters. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't know the history of it, to be honest with you. But is that who did the art on that? Bob McLeod. Okay. McLeod. Yeah. Um. Boy, when Sankevich took that book over, I loved this book though. Oh, I mean, this oh, was, New Mutants. Yeah. This. I mean, this was. Because uh, that comes out what year? What's the What's the four. copyright on so that? This is Marvel. Huh? Uh, let's see. Copyright. 1982. So I would have been 11 years old when I bought this. And this yeah. was this was all, you know, like everything I wanted out of a comic book at the time. Like I loved the, I fell in love with these characters. That was. I mean, well, what was cool about it at that point, I mean, the X-Men had been around for a long time and you knew that they had been around for a long time. And that was the feeling of, oh, wow, this is a new book with people my age 
or close enough yeah. to my age oh, that I sure. could follow. Absolutely. Yeah. They were young. They were the, yeah, they, were, they, were, they were the new X-Men. Yeah. Um, they were the new mutants. I mean, I like the X-Men, but it was like, Oh, wait a minute. These are, these are younger, you know? So, hey, yeah. let me ask you on that death of Captain Marvel. Does it have a number? Cause both my, uh, new mutants and the X-Men one, new uh-huh. mutants says Marvel graphic novel. Number four, X-Men says Marvel graphic novel. Number five. Where, where does it say that at? on the top left? Uh, on on this it's it just right says here. Marvel graphic novel. Yeah, that's how the Alien Legion just says Marvel graphic yeah. novel. This is also a fifth printing. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Let's see. What is this? And it's in terrible, terrible shape. This is funny. It's funny. We both ran across these. Like, uh, oh, here here it is. Other graphic novels from Marvel and Epic Comics. Death of Captain Marvel, Elric, Dreadstar, The New Mutants, The X-Men, Star Slammers by Walt Simonson. Oh, wow. Kill Raven by uh, Don McGregor and P. Craig, Craig Russell. Super Boxers. Remember that? Oh, God. Yes. Futurians from uh, Dave Cockrum. Uh, Heartburst from Rick Veach. I don't think I've ever seen that. Void Indigo by Steve Gerber and Val. Now I'm going to be on a mission. I want to collect all these. Collect all of the the Marvel Marvel graphic novels. Yeah, I kind of I think that's going to be if I ever go to a comic book convention again, that's going to be my uh, uh, goal. There's a uh, Amazing Spider-Man by Susan K. Putney and Bernie Wrightson. Wow. What? Bernie Wrightson did a Spider-Man? That's what it says here. Yeah, the Amazing Spider-Man man, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man in Hookie. Yeah, I don't <laughs> that's, know. That's awesome. Daredevil: Love and War by Frank Miller and Bill Sienkiewicz. Dracula: yep. Symphony in Moonlight and Nightmares by John J. Muth. Yeah, so this I don't know when this one. You know, that's a oh, I think that I think we have stumbled upon my next comics one hundred and one. Uh, graphic novels no i think i'm gonna do what do you think about uh history of epic comics oh sure yeah absolutely that would be a good one i thought you were gonna do marvel epic was the shit uh epic epic was was like vertigo before vertigo for sure for sure it was it was it was stepping outside the um the boundaries for sure yeah that'd be cool Uh, that would be cool was uh electra assassin that was epic right I think so. I uh, I could look because I I yeah. found my issues of that. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, you've got original issues. Yeah, they're not nice. that expensive. I I almost guarantee you that was the on the Epic imprint, which was at the time that was uh, Epic was I don't want to say you know adults, but definitely definitely skewed older uh, for. Uh, for who it was marketed to. Yep. Epic. Yep. Right there. Yeah. It was, yeah, Epic was kind of like the vertigo of Marvel Comics. I found all sorts of good stuff. Hard Boiled, one of my favorite. Wow. Miller. Got those. Got all I've those. never seen Hard Boiled individual issues. Oh, yeah, and they're, in the, they're like oversized. They're weird, almost square format. Yeah, so yeah, it's... Like, Look I've only ever seen that collected. Look at the size difference. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. 
God, those Electra Assassin covers I, bring back so many memories. I was so pissed because um, how many times did we you know run across Jeff Darrow? And I mm-hmm. never, I couldn't find these forever. For years, <laughs> I had lost them and I couldn't find them. And I finally found them. But I never, I, wa- I wanted Jeff Darrow to sign them. I have a, I have a Flash. It uh, looks like I bought this at Dark Tower Comics. This is a, <laughs> what issue is this? Flash number 130. Why did you buy Flash number 130? I don't even know. <laughs> it's got the trickster captain cold the top captain boomerang okay it's the whole rogues gallery and then kids kid flash meets the elongated man no it, well there you go oh you know why you bought it as a present for tom and never Wait, gave it to him no you know what huh. i didn't buy it at dark tower i bought it at a show uh-huh where dark tower was at okay and i had it signed because the is this Carmen Infantino? Oh, did you did you have Infantino sign that at New York Comic Con? There's a signature here. Yeah, that's Carmen Infantino. That's why. That's why I bought it because there's Carmine Infantino's signature. That oh, that's d- <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to you need I, to get a, a little comic book uh, frame for that. I um, Jesus, I forgot all about that. Cause that's a great because that's a great cover because it does it's got it's got all of the flash rogues on it and flash so i went to mark and i'm like mark i want carmine to sign a flash book for me do you have one that he did that's cool yeah and this is the one he yeah so okay that's cool see all the crap that we accumulate that we don't even know what is that fantastic 479 okay uh here's fantastic 423 Whoa. Dr. Doom. Here's a, There's some old comics, them. dude. Here's Justice League number three. Number three? Yeah. Why do you have Justice League number three? Um, I got it out of somebody's collection I bought. I don't Ah, uh, okay. You're like, oh, that's old. Journey into Mystery, number 70. Nice. <laughs> some eerie... Yeah, I ran. I found all sorts of. Oh, here's a epic, amazing fantasy number fifteen. Oh, here, here was. A, see, I told you I had, I got three and four. Of, oh, of the turtles. Yeah, I should really yeah. like take care of these. Put them in better. You should. Yeah, people are cringing. Anyone who's watching this is like, <laughs> Jesus, man. I got a sign, Carmen Infantino. Yeah. Flat, yeah. And, I, and I have a. Why don't you fa- lick the pages more? So. A Fantastic Four 23, and it's just like, yeah, man, whatever. You know. <laughs> They're comic books. You nerds. It's, ama- it's amazing how we value paper differently, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I mean, I. I. I stopped being like a collector. Yeah. Because it was like, one, I don't have the money to collect stuff that is valuable. So it's like, I just am going to, I'm going to buy. Yeah, you're not going to finish your JLA run. Probably not. (laughs) Although I'm, I'm, I kind of want to go back and finish my Daredevil run, but that's, that would be tough. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but would you go backwards or forwards? 
backwards. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't go forwards. Yeah. It's, uh, and for you, it would be what going, you've got stuff in the, I've got some early stuff, um, you know, but it would be like a lot of pre Frank Miller stuff. And, and I mean, there's a ton of stuff that I don't have that probably wouldn't be that expensive to do. Yeah. It would just be hunting it down and then it would get like really expensive. At, yeah, know. it's probably what the early colon stuff is probably a little. Yeah, I haven't, I've never I've never actually looked. Honestly, I know like. Like I was looking at one point like you could get, you know, issues in the tens and the teens that weren't terribly expensive. I mean, they weren't, you know, they may not have been like, I'm, you know, and once again, I'm not buying like CGC graded. I don't care mm-hmm. necessarily how good a condition they're in that kind of thing, but. I'm yeah. just, yeah, for, for me, I'm not an individual issues kind of guy. I mean, there's a few, a few of the, the actual individual issues that, that I have, but, you know, I, I just kind of trance, you know, furred out of, out of that. And it's really collected editions or, or digital. And there's, there's a few things that for nostalgia stake, um some some individual issues that you know yeah and that's well that's what i was thinking is like instead of doing the daredevil thing like i think i'd rather just buy some individual things that would mean a lot to me that i had at one time mm-hmm. yeah but that would be expensive too yes <laughs> <laughs> but you know maybe slowly work on it never know mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, you know, it's we are collectors. That's uh, you know, part of part of what you know got us, you know, into into doing this. And well, and it's letting like, go of stuff is is hard, but I'm getting better at it. Well, I did, like I said, a couple of years back, I sold you know eleven long boxes of comics, um, for very little money. I, I basically mm-hmm. gave them away. I kept all the stuff that meant something to me, but I mean that ended up being like. I think I have four short boxes of comics. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got rid of like 11 or 12 long boxes of stuff. Um, and then I donated probably 800 pounds of hardcovers and trades to my local library. <laughs> like bins. Like I think I had like four bins of trades and hardcovers. And I'm just like, yep, I'm going to give them to the library. Yep. Oh, yep. I, give, I, I did went give through a, them and it's when it, whenever you find stuff that a you forgot that you had and whenever you look at it and you say i'm never ever going to read this again probably a pretty good indication it's like i i there's a lot of witchblade trades downstairs in my uh in my basement right now in a yeah. box that will be making their way to little libraries all over milwaukee yeah definitely that's you don't need that. You don't need that stuff hanging around. Oh, don't need that in my life anymore. No. I used to love Witchblade. I know quality you did. stuff. All right, are we going to wrap this up? I think we've 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 talked about our collections of crap mm-hmm. enough. Um. So, okay. Well, I think I found my next uh, comics one hundred and one. I'm excited. There you go. Uh, so I'll be researching epic comics um i remind everyone they can uh contact the show at info at aroundcomics.com and to uh give us some ideas on uh kickstarters that uh that need some uh broader support and uh and uh passing along uh the the gospel on those any you got anything else Al? 
No, I think that's it. Uh, like, like I always said, you can contact us at info at aroundcomics.com. You can support the show at aroundcomics.com slash shop. Uh, please do. Um, no, other than that, I think that's all. All right. Um, I'll have a, um, my copy of Chia Dad, which I will let go for a mere five hundred dollars. Wow! If you're, if you're, hey, that, that's two hundred and fifty, two hundred and seventy-three dollars under the lowest Amazon. Is that signed to you? Is that personalized to you as well? No, that brings, that no. brings the volume. Um, Mine's uh, personalized to me. Is it really? Yeah, I bought I, it from Andy's de- table at a show. I think I had already bought it. Uh, because I'm a better friend than you, and I didn't bring it to bother him. I do have I'm I do signed. have a couple signed know. copies of Capote in Kansas, though. Those will always stay with me. I wanted the personalized uh, interaction it, of the, the experience of buying direct from the creator. Absolutely, Hand, you're better handing person it to than me, me, aren't you? Him handing it to me as he after he signed my name in it, so I would never <laughs> sell. I would for no price, for no. ever. Ever. You lie. You are such a liar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. Uh, we'll be back uh, later this week. Please, everyone, be safe out there, whether it's uh, with uh, COVID-19 stuff or civil unrest. Uh, take care of your fellow man and uh, take care of yourself. And uh, we will see you later this week, hopefully. Uh, in the meantime. In between time. We'll be everywhere in... Head around comics.